Welcome to another edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show. Who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein, manager editor at JustBaseball.com, and this week I wrote an article on Corey Seager titled, Corey Seager might just be the best shortstop in baseball, which is not where we had him in the preseason rankings. For those of you aware, at JustBaseball.com, every year we rank the top 10 players at each position, and this was a collective effort. I did write the top 10 shortstops article, but... We came up with the rankings together as a collective, myself, Jack McMullen, Peter Apple, Arm Layden, Colby Olson. We all hopped on a Zoom and hashed it out, and we had Corey Seager fifth on the list. But now, what Corey Seager is doing, provided health, which is always that caveat with Corey Seager, he's been the best shortstop in baseball this season. The offensive numbers are absolutely absurd. Do you know? While he doesn't qualify for a batting title, and might not because he missed a month of the season with a hamstring strain. But when I wrote this article, which was on June 28th, yesterday, uh, Corey Seager was batting 345. The only hitter in baseball with a better batting average is Luis Arise. Look down the list in the company that he's keeping when it comes to batting average. Ronald Acuna Jr. having you know, probably the best offensive season of any player in baseball at 330. Bo Bichette at 3.23, Freddie Freeman 3.16. But despite the fact that Acuna is hitting 3.30, Bichette 3.23, the difference between Seager and these guys is he's slugging more. Of players in baseball that have had a minimum of 200 plate appearances this season, only three have a slugging percentage over 600. Aaron Judge 6.74, Shohei Otani 6.54, Corey Seager. 608 to be keeping company with those guys to be rubbing shoulders with them in the in the leaderboards that's pretty remarkable for Seager and it's not just slugging you look at way to runs creative plus and this is a statistic that measures hitters based on a league average of 100 Corey Seager among hitters with 200 plate appearances is third it's in that same order judge 189 Otani 180 um, and now granted he's the only one that's qualified of the three and then Seager 179, and again, all these stats were prior to play last night, but still, it just shows you how good he has been. This season, he's in 345, as I mentioned, 409 on base, 608 slugging, 10 home runs, and 21 doubles. Now, I'm not sure if Bo Bichette doubled last night and Seager did it. There's a chance that those guys moved to even. But when I wrote this article, Seager was leading the league among shortstops in doubles hit despite playing 30 less games and having over 100 less plate appearances than Wander Franco, who's got the speed and he hits for average and everything that should lead to doubles, and Bo Bichette, who can be categorically described as a doubles machine yet. It's Seager who's leading the league. He's even tied with Bo Bichette and runs batted in at 47. Now, both of them trail Francisco Lindor, who has 54. But... Corey Seager is on a different planet. And if you look at shortstops with that sample size of 200 plate appearances, because he's not qualified, and you sort him for the league leader in batting average, on-base percentage, slugging, weighted on-base average, expected weighted on-base average, WRC+, Corey Seager is the league leader across the board. And while he trails some shortstops and Fangrass wins above replacement, despite missing 30 games, He's sitting at 2.4, even 
with Francisco Lindor has played every single game. Now, coming off the IL in mid-May, Seager has been the best shortstop in baseball, according to F4, 1.8, although he is tied with rookie Matt McClain of the Reds. Now, there's every chance this season that Seager can remain healthy, that he could run down Franco and Bichette when it comes to the Fangraphs' wins above replacement leaderboard. Right now, you have Franco at 3.5, Bichette at 3.1. If Seager is healthy offensively, he's the best shortstop in the game. And that's the thing. That caveat has held true for his entire career. Because there's anything that you can criticize about Seager, it's only been health. It's only been that. Now, his first year with the Rangers, he hit 245, 317 on base, 455 slug, set a career high with 33 home runs, 83 home runs batted in, His WRC Plus was 117. He had another season where he had a WRC Plus of 112. But statistically, it was one of his worst offensive seasons. Lowest batting average ever. Lowest on base percentage. A guy that had two seasons where he hit around 270. And other than that, it was 290 or above throughout his entire career. And plenty of seasons over 300. This is a guy that, when right, is going to hit over 300. He's going to slug over 500. Which makes him one of the best players in baseball. Nonetheless, best shortstops. The thing about last season was he played over 150 games, which is the first time he did that since he won the Rookie of the Year in 2016. That was really big for him, and I think the Rangers knew going into this year, all right, the health question has been answered a little bit. Let's see him go out and play. And and, and also, I, I will say, if you look at his career and the time missed, you know, there's a Tommy John surgery that, that really kept him out. Other than that, I mean, the injuries have not been drastic to the point that you think moving forward he's definitely going to have problems. But you look at the player he's been when on the field. The fact that he bat below 290 only on two occasions, okay, with one of them being in 2018 when he had the Tommy John. The fact that his last two seasons with the Dodgers – Posted a WRC plus over 140 in each season and was the undisputed best player on a championship team. Now, this was during the COVID season, so we don't remember him as fondly. History might not remember him as well, but you still look at an NLCS MVP on his ledger, a World Series MVP on his ledger. He hit five home runs in the NLCS in the COVID season. And in the World Series, he batted 400 with a 556 on base percentage. When the lights were the brightest, or I guess at that time, where the games had the most stakes, I don't know if the lights were the brightest necessarily, but this guy performed and showed you that he could carry a team to a championship. And I think that's what the Rangers paid for. 10 years, $325 million. They jumped the, the shortstop market in a way. Correa was still out there at the time. This was two off seasons ago. Other shortstops to be had. But they saw a guy that they wanted that they knew if he was healthy at the right time, he could lead them to the World Series. Very similar to what they did this offseason by signing Jacob deGrom. Two players that health question. You give them big money and you know, hey, if they ever get to a point over the next five years where Corey Seager is healthy, Jacob deGrom is healthy at the same time in a playoff chase, they can do some special things. You look at his ranking among top shortstops in baseball, and again, we had him fifth. 
Okay, we had Francisco Lindor 1, Trey Turner 2, Xander Bogarts 3, Carlos Correa 4, and then Seager 5. That is based on what they did last year. Okay, that was where we put Seager. I mean, you could have put a Dansby Swanson ahead of him, but we, we weigh season performance and we weigh track record. And that's where we came with that top 5. And I'm looking when I write this article and I check the, the F4 leaderboard since 2016, his Rookie of the Year campaign, and that's the exact order. It's Lindor, Turner, Bogarts, Correa, Seager. That that order, which makes me feel better about our preseason rankings. When each of these shortstops you know, signed their nine-figure extensions, there was questions. You know, Lindor gets the 10-year, $341 million deal. Is, is he worth that? That's a ton of money. He sets this precedent. He had to make $1 million more than Tatis. Turner and Bogarts, those contracts stretch into their 40s. Correa, we already know all the questions. And Seager had the injury questions as well. But if we look at just offensive production since 2016, Corey Seager's 131 WRC Plus is the top mark among all shortstops, as is his 499 slugging percentage, his 210 ISO, and his 363 weighted on base average. So based on averages and trends, when you get him on the field, he's the most productive hitter at the shortstop position in baseball. Now, when you compare the money that they're making, him and Lindor, it is an interesting conversation. And you do understand why Lindor gets paid more per year and has a bigger total value contract. And it's because of availability. Across that span, um, since 2016, Lindor's played 1,043 games. I guess now 1,044 after last night. Seager, 808. So 200 game difference. Um, if not more, a little bit more. Now, across his time in Cleveland, Lindor missed just 30 games over six seasons. He dealt with his first IL stint with the Mets in 2021 where he strained his oblique. But returned last season to play 161 games. A couple of nights ago, Francisco Lindor hit his 200th career home run, which is a category he has paced shortstops in since his debut. He's also leading all shortstops in RBIs and wins above replacement. Because of durability, Lindor has found a way to be more productive than Corey Seager up to this point in their careers. But moving forward, Seager has a chance to change that narrative. There they are. They're both under 10-year contracts. They're playing in year two now. They're going to have eight more years after this. If Corey Seager can stay on the field over that span, there's every chance that he could run down Lindor in home runs and RBIs and even wins above replacement. And if you remember when these two guys debuted both in 2015, although Seager maintained his rookie status going into 2016, but you had Seager debut, Correa debut, and you had Lindor debut, and then Turner was a little bit behind them, I believe. But there was this crop of shortstops that came up at one time. I guess Javi Baez was part of that conversation at that time as well, despite the fact that now he's kind of fallen off. There was that conversation, who's going to have the best career? And I think Carlos Correa was probably just based on talent, maybe the guy that people looked at. But Seager was right there. And Lindor was maybe the safe pick. And Lindor as the safe pick has been there. And the defense that he provides is something that will always provide value even when the bat slows down. But Corey Seager's got a bat that's not slowing down. Corey Seager's got a bat that can rub shoulders with Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge when he's right. So we look moving forward and we look at this season and where 
All these shortstops are going. Turner with a rough season. Bogarts has been been bad after his first month. Has really slowed down after a great start that he had. Correa has struggled to stay on the field a little bit and hasn't been as productive as we would have expected. Lindor is leading all shortstops and home runs and RBIs, but the average is down, the on-base is down, the overall slash is down. And you got Seager. Now granted, you still have Wander Franco and Bo Bichette that are entering this conversation, and they're going to push themselves into potentially being in this top five, and maybe you're going to see a Turner fall off at this year, or Bogarts fall off, or Correa fall off. The guy that's not falling off is Corey Seager. And with the Texas Rangers in the position that they're at, first place with the chance to win this division and take it from an Astros team in their state who has owned that division over full seasons for the last five years. The last five full seasons. If they grab that, and then Corey Seager, who we've already seen shine on the biggest stage, does it again. Leads the Rangers, let's just say they don't have the top record. So through the wild card round, through the division round, into an ALCS against the Tampa Bay Rays or any other team. Even if it doesn't end in a World Series. If it's just a run. And he, maybe doesn't maintain it in 345. But maintains a 160 WRC plus and an average over 300 this year. And a slugging percentage over 550. It puts up these insane statistical numbers from the shortstop position, leads his team, and also takes them on a run in the playoffs. We're going to have a long conversation at the end of this year about who the best shortstop in baseball is. Right now, I don't think that you can change the list too much, and that's just not me being a Mets homer here. I think when you have Lindor's track record, when you have... Him still leading the league in home runs and RBIs despite everything else and playing the defense that he does. We're not ready to rip that that mantle from him just yet. But here's one thing that, even as a Mets fan, I can unquestionably say. If I had to make a lineup for my life tomorrow, and I got to pencil one guy at the shortstop position, I'd be hard-pressed not to put Corey Seager there. I think that alone speaks volumes. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition of Who's Better Baseball. Uh, make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast, and subscribe on YouTube. Check out all the great written content we have coming your way, including this article. Corey Seager might just be the best shortstop in baseball.